This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. I checked. Thank you. I never ni- know what episode it is. That's okay. It's a very nice basil plant you've got going. Oh, thank you. Two forty-three, really? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of episodes. It is a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah. How much of your life has just gone by? I know TST just rolled over three hundred. Oof, that's a lot. I can't believe I've spent this much time podcasting in my life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're already rolling. So yeah, yeah. Uh, for everybody. Paying attention to the start of it. This is episode 243 of the Hooniverse podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff. Uh, we're here in Chris Hayes' wonderful apartment studio. Uh, yeah, one of the last shows we'll be doing here. I think we probably got maybe three or four more, and that'll be it here. Uh, and hopefully, well, I know I won't be living here, uh, <laughs> but hopefully we'll have new studio space set up uh, in El Segundo. So. Fun. Yeah. We're joined by the always wonderful Alana Cher. How are you doing? Hi, everybody. <laughs> Making... I was about to wave, and then I was like, right, they can't No see. video. No, no video. Uh, it's your yearly pilgrimage or so. Yeah, it's good. It's a good thing to catch up. I think yeah. it's a year or so that I'm on one or another. Right. Chris yeah. Hayes' is this show. <laughs> um, go ahead. If you could, just bring the mic a little closer. Like, with yeah. pleasure. There you go. How, uh, how's everything going? Things are crazy. Things are totally different. Everything is like a wild new adventure. Yeah. Are you, so are you just like full on freelancing these days or is there? I'm full on freelancing, although um, like in about a week I'm taking on a pretty big project that, um, that I'll be doing for a while, assuming I don't completely biff it, (laughs) which is totally possible. Right. Um, But uh, so I'll. Yeah, you've been doing this for a while. I'm thinking it'll be okay. Yeah, I've been biffing things for ages, and nobody's noticed yet. <laughs> um, we're all sad of the demise of, of Roadkill Mag. Um, Aw, that's nice of you. I'm sad, too. It was a really good, fun thing to get to do. Yeah, I mean, they've had a penchant for doing these experiments with magazines for a while, and unfortunately, yours was the casualty this time. Well, me and, there, you know, I wasn't alone. It It's, um... Love your magazines well while you have them, because yeah. they're, you know, they're fragile things. They're endangered animals. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, – nobody I know is buying magazines at this point, really, other than for the occasional flight. Yeah. I mean, I, I think flights and then I think PR people buy magazines. Yeah. Dentist office, uh, unfortunately. Um, but it was a pretty magazine with some cool stories, uh, and all, a lot of our friends wrote for it. It was always that fun. was the best part. It was I like, think. Uh, yeah, it was right up there. Like Motor Trend Classic was really good. Like that, that was too. Motor yeah. Trend Classic was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Same vein as that. Um, but it's great that you already hit the ground running. Clearly, with a big project to Biff, as you so nicely <laughs> said. Um, and we won't dive into that because I'm sure there's things you can't talk about. But what's going on with the fleet? What's how's your fleet? Okay. How is the fleet? Gosh, it's been a long time since we've done a more fleet dump trucks update. or fewer dump trucks. Was there one dump truck? There was last one time? dump truck previously. Then the same amount of dump trucks, but a <laughs> lot more, um, a lot more diesels and a lot more sort of seventies dualies. Okay, a lot more dualies. A lot more dualies. <laughs> yeah, so, we currently have three dualies, which 
Is so many wheels and tires, like, I can't it's do the math. It's two more than most people need. So how many dualies do you have? Three. Three So dualies. you have... Not uh, counting, like, the big trucks, which are also dualies, if you... Oh, my goodness. Well, you're, then you're, like, hexies at this are point. Are you counting wheels? Is that what you're trying yeah. to do? Yeah. Rear wheels, anyway. A lot of wheels and tires. Yeah, too yeah. many, because more... I don't... I... So what about on the car side? How's it looking? Um... So everything is leaking right now. It's it's like spring and, you know, I had the flu and the cars all are sniffling. Right. So the Opal has a pretty uh, substantial oil leak. It's always had an oil leak from yeah. the, the minute that I built it because um, I put a different head on the on the block and it came with this gasket. It's like if you are out there currently designing an engine right now mm-hmm. and you're like, you know what would be a great idea is if there's a little step between where the, you know, like water pump and everything goes on the front of an Mm -hmm. engine and the block and the head. Like if there's a little step and we just take up that little step with like some cork, it's a great (laughs) idea. No, no, that's not a great idea. So try not to do that if you're currently in engineering school. That seems like a car that's just ripe for a nice motor swap. You know, everybody says that, and um, a few years ago, I would have agreed with you. In fact, I think a few years ago, I did agree with you, and we went through quite a lot of ideas for, like, tiny Buick V8s and various whatever the suitcase Ford was or whatever. But I really like the Opal. What engine is in there? Um, it's a four-cylinder, straight four. It's a Buick or Opal engine. Um, So that was a pure GM you know, Europe engine thing. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't no, anything that would have no been There's no analog here. here. Uh-uh, no, it was just a, just an Opal thing. And, um, like, a, I mean, it's a two-liter now. It was a 1.9 originally. Oh, so it's, like, it's way stroked out. It's... <laughs> <laughs> um, this, speaking of stroking the other engines out, what's going on with the bigger block? <laughs> I, was, I was segueing. I thought you were going to have a really bad segue. Speaking nope. Of stroking <laughs> we're out. talking about engines, okay. and she has some big block cars. I do. So the Challenger's running again. Yes. Um, Good. And you drove that car, didn't no, you? No, I never got to drive it. it. I, we've talked no. about it, well, but I've never driven it. You can it. drive it now, although it's, um, it's, quite, it's quite a lot of car now. Um, and I have done a thing that I did not think was possible, that everybody mm-hmm. was always telling me was possible, which is I have ruined my car. I have overbuilt Too much a power? race engine, put it into a street car, and right now there's all these people out there shaking their heads like, that's impossible, it's, you, there, you can't have too much power, girl, you're just crazy, you're just not good. No, my friends, you can ruin the fun of a car. This car will now be extremely fun if, say, you're in the middle of nowhere with a giant, smooth, flat piece of know, road and I, nothing to hit, but... Um, you can't I, cruise PCH well, in it. I commuted in it, and you know it loads up the spark plugs, and it's uh, you know it's fumy, and it's not like you're going fast at the moment. So you're yeah. sort of just like sitting there, like watching gauges and going like, "Oh my god, it just cost me fifteen dollars in gasoline to go the last quarter mile and stop and go traffic." What, what so. is in it? It's a 505 cubic inch big block Chrysler. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> yeah. Christ. And um, I, I think actually that there are some things that I can do to kind of not tame it down, but just like clean it up. Um, including just like basic, basic things like so some carburetor tuning and some um, spark plug changes and stuff. But I definitely, I thought I was going to get in the car and be like, yes, it's so awesome. And, and I did during the burnout part. But right. then... When it actually came to driving it, I was like, this is kind of 
kind of hard. <laughs> it might be just 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 sit there at the light and just thump away. Like, is oh, it yeah. super aggressive? It, I mean, it, it could. I've heard. I've heard slower cars lope more. It's okay. not that lopey and it's not that loud. Um, well, but, I mean, a super aggressive cam would make it even more miserable to drive. Yeah. yeah. No, no. It's. I mean, it's fine. It. It doesn't have any like. You know, it, it doesn't have that old school um, high RPM, low cam problem of like a drag car where it's like lurchy. It's not like that. I mean, it, yeah. it's truly, it's drivable. That's not, okay. I is mean, it... I'm being a baby. But no, the, no, no, no. I get what is, you're saying. Previously, the car was a pleasure to drive faster than most things that were on the street, but still, you know, now like a... you could just of its make era. a pass. Now, now the car is like one of those cars where you're like, I need to make the pass, but I must not go overboard. Or right. just spin the tires here at 80 miles an hour. Right, right, right. It was uh, the 440, wasn't it, before? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then is there a Belvedere in the family? There's a wagon. You okay. Have a good memory. Um, there's a wagon a, stick in my yeah, craw. Yeah, it's a satellite. But yeah, yes, basically. satellite. Okay. I would just get just a license plate that just says Mr. on it. Oh, if you had a Belvedere? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I guarantee, like... Out of all 50 states, oh, I'm not 35 original. of those are registered. I'm not original on that. No, no, no. I told but, you I want a Benz for my Benz. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just because it's available. And I think Which car funny. were we going to call the pork chop again? I don't remember. Either way, I still think you need the pork chop. I went to a, um, a Chrysler, like the LX show. The LX Fest? Yeah. yeah. And um, I was really impressed with some of the, the personalized license plates. license plates. People are very clever. I bet. I, I went, uh, I didn't, I've never gone to the actual festival. I go like the day before where they let everybody drive the cars. And I didn't go this year. Um, but I think I had one of their cars while that was going on anyway. So I was, <laughs> I was living it 10 miles down the road. You uh, missed a nice drive. Scott did a good drive. Yeah? yeah? Where did you guys go? We went Angeles Crest like up through the mountain. Oh, wow. There was snow and it was really beautiful and everybody was like going fast and um i was with musto and i was like hey mike this is really pretty i'm, I'm gonna kind of just go slow and look yeah. at it and he was mm-hmm. like okay yeah i want to live <laughs> and that's not you that's like anybody getting a car with like we don't need to win the drive event no well and then if you know that road especially when there's been weather and it had rained the day before yes. there's rocks all over and it. you know as good as the lx platform is it kind of being the gt car i wouldn't call it you know, a car I would push the limits of handling on that road with. I, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. the, if you're the kind of person who pushes the limits of handling, then you're the kind of person who does it no matter what. And yeah. if not, then maybe. But did I you, had a really nice time. Did you start it. from Irvine or did you start up in L.A.? No, because they moved it to Pomona this year. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ah. So they, so is it, it's even bigger? Did they outgrow El it Toro? It was huge. Wow. Yeah. And it was terrible weather. It rained. But, um, it, I, those people, oh, like those people, those people, those people who like LX cars. No, um, <laughs> it's a passionate group of folks. Oh, yeah. I, I had a nice time. I talked to a lot of different people that build all kinds of interesting cars. My former neighbor in Huntington is one of the, like, the organizers of it. So I would always, he, he has like three different Chrysler 300s all named like, Fat Chance 1, Fat Chance yeah. 2, Fat <laughs> Chance 3. Um, so I would see him at Starbucks all the time. We would chat about LX Fest. Um, but yeah, they... The LX people are nuts. I would sh- I'd like to show up there in an older E-Class and be like, can I come in? And just people be like, get out of here. We're related. I feel like they'd be <laughs> totally mellow, though. That's the thing is yeah. that, um, I mean, and that's, I've been really lucky because everything that I've covered for the most part has been remarkably not snobby. I mean, I'm trying to think what the snobbiest group I've ever. Lufka Gult. I've never been. 
I love the Porsche stuff, but yeah, there is there is a certain yeah snobbiness there. Yeah, but that would be I don't want to say expected, but that would probably be expected. Given the <laughs> prices of vintage Porsches and how they've yeah. rocketed up, it's expected. Right. Yeah. You know? I'm surprised how many people actually do stuff with vintage Porsches, though, because I mean, you know, there's a fair amount of folks who um, race them, off-road them, yeah. and Oh, they get used. I mean, and I think that's a testament to the fact that once you set them up, they're relatively reliable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You couldn't do that with a vintage Ferrari. But you're, but you're right. You make a good point because people are potentially crushing the value of their car when it's at a point where it's like, you should consider not doing this. But it's kind of cool to see that they are doing it. Yeah, I, I think it's great. And then also just talking about snobbery, the fact that um, the fact that you could – say, oh, I just saw a, a vintage Porsche on off-road tires with a lift kit, and yes. somebody would be like, yeah, I'm not that surprised about that. Right. <laughs> I hate to remind you again, but a little closer on the bottom. Oh, Sorry. okay, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm looking at Jeff. I'm so excited to see Jeff. <laughs> and see, then what I got to do is away. I got to get lav mics for the next setup. I got to do lav mics. I'm just not going to look at Jeff. I'm just going to look at you. Okay. Well, the, I think well, the last time. We'll put up a mirror system. A mirror, I like the, or like closed monitor TV system. Yeah. Um, like a jail. <laughs> I can see a TV with Jeff. Right yeah. Um, the last time we saw each other, I believe, was Radwood 2. Radwood, Radwood 2. 2. Yeah, we've, we've, we're past a whole nother Radwood. You now. didn't go up to Sonoma, did you? No. So this is a great tragedy of my life. Um, I was scheduled to go up because I was supposed to be a judge for the carbecue oh, that they were mm. doing up there. And um, I got the flu last week. I don't know if you can oh. hear it in my voice. I'm extra super nasally do people ever tell you you have a terrible voice because i like people uh, would... i'm sure they do but no, i, don't I, read the I know i do because i'm usually very nasally too because i i uh i have like de- deviated septums and From your career stuff as been a boxer fixed. no when i was born this is a weird tangent when i was born and the doctor pulled me out he like grabbed me by he's like oh Fresh there's a little the jewish baby and he grabbed me by the <laughs> nose swear to god he didn't say the jewish baby part but he grabbed me by the nose and so my nose is crooked and it has been my whole life and i i've ne- I never played hockey i didn't box but i could lie and say i did but that would be lame i've just got a, i've got a deviated septum just through shitty genetics <laughs> I think I broke my nose when I was a kid running into a glass door because I was, you know, stupid. Nice. But, um, Most people do that when they're a kid. But I'm extra nasally right now because of, of, cold. Because of the cold. And, um, and yeah, so I had, to, I had to skip out on going up to Radwood. And that I was sucks. very disappointed about that because, um, because it's a great show. It and is. it was, like, combined yep. with lemons and hoopty. And it just seemed like it was going to be so much fun. Like, yeah. every single person that I liked was there. So I'm kind of glad you guys didn't go because that means I didn't – at least you missed out. <laughs> I would have right. loved to have gone. But, I mean, it's just my schedule has not been conducive to even leaving the house. It's just been work, 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 work. Right. So, uh, you know, unfortunately that takes precedence right now. So Yeah, when you have kid, weekends become tough. Oh, look at you guys with your priorities. Um, You're yeah. so mature. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's – that's uh, yes. As we look at my pile of video games, so mature. <laughs> and I'm going to go home and play a video game I bought last night uh, <laughs> and crack a beer because – I have one in the fridge. And because you're a grown-up, you could do that. Yes, that's part of the fun, too. Um, so are there any cars we didn't cover in the fleet? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, like I feel like the, there's tons, right? 14 of them or something. Right. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna, I'll give you the quickie. So we, we covered the Challenger's running again, the Opal's yep. leaking. Um, the the po- Challenger was messed up ever since Top Gear, right? Um, no, I, I mean, yes, there was, but, um, but I drove it for another year and a half or okay. something after that, then it broke a ring and then it sat for a long time while I uh, built this super awesome engine that, um, 
I could have saved a lot of money and just re-ring the stock one. Did you build the engine yourself, or did you have somebody else do it for you? Um, Tom and I built it. So my husband, Tom, is a mechanic. So um, that actually... I've lost track of how many engines we've built together, but I believe this is the third one that we've built for a Challenger that I own. So, um, But uh, what else is going on? All right. Um, the Polara, the 69 Dodge. Yes. Um, That's the one I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah. Um, it's still running. It needs a tune-up. It's got a suspension. I think the front sway bar mount is broken. So That's the one that left you stranded on the side of the road once, right? Everything I own has left me stranded <laughs> on the side of the road at least once. Right. Um, the Polar actually has a very good track record. Um, but that's, wasn't that like a story? Didn't you write a story about that one? Because you were so surprised that that one left you stranded? Mm. I thought there was a story to that one in Hot Rod. I could be wrong about it's that. It's possible. <laughs> they, trying to all think, the strandings I, I think blur together. Only left, I think I've only had to call for help on it one time, and it did actually limp itself home with that. It was like it had a um, like a, an electrical problem an ignition problem it was like semi cutting out over a certain amount of rpm so it'd like uh, cut out when you but you could just anyway <laughs> yeah. story. um all right so those cars um you know tom still has a charger has the cuda though they're just sitting in the garage um he doesn't like to drive them because he doesn't like to talk to people and if you have a pretty car then people talk to you and then we've got all these trucks now so right. so like like the trucks keep growing because we had the ramp truck for a long time yep. that you knew about in the in the dump truck, mm-hmm. which Chris wants to live in and build a hot tub in or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we talked about yeah. actually building a, a rolling tub. Yeah, of and, course we did. Yeah, um, we're not fools. <laughs> no. And uh, and then so we had a '78 um, Dodge Dually um, club cab. Okay. Brown. It was like triple brown. <laughs> with the with the big old ram right on the front of it. Um, it doesn't have the ram. Um, a hood ornament that was i think that came a little bit later or was on the smaller vehicles actually yeah i think that came back in like 81 i just or something did like yeah i think you're right about that um, i just literally so like said right this. right after that one yeah yeah, yeah um because we do have and it was lee Iacocca's idea mm-hmm. um, we do have a truck that has the big ram head on it and that's an 89 um that's a cummins turbo diesel so first gen okay um 12 valve and then we have a, another 78 which is a we bought after the brown one which is a crew cab and which is was painted in like 1984 by a, a boat racer and it's unbelievable i mean oh like neons kind of it's it's like terrible but also spectacular it's like bright yellow with like green and red and, and that's the amazing. license plate just, just says take, cocaine <laughs> it's too bad that's Uneligible, ineligible for Radwood because it's Rad. Rad said that he would give me like a dispensation to bring it, mm-hmm. but um, it's currently taken apart because we're putting a diesel into it. And so the original plan was to take the diesel out of the '89 that we have mm-hmm. and put that in, but then uh, we found another diesel engine <laughs> that was like in better shape and had a, a good transmission because the transmission, the torque converters on those are expensive. The the yeah. early ones we. Uh, we wanted one with the seven, uh, 727 on the back, so like an old, so that we could put everything into the old truck, right? Right, without cha- having to change too much, like so. It, uh, Just drop it all in is yeah. one thing. So they use that gearbox in like everything. Though. Yeah, and uh, but the torque converter is different for the diesel, and they're quite expensive. So the the eighty nine that we got, we got the truck really cheap because the transmission was blown up, 
but then we needed the transmission. So we got another engine and transmission. That's going into the yellow truck with, along with pieces, um, like the cooling system from the 89. And so basically there are just a lot of trucks. So you're like Frankensteining trucks together, basically. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, very much. So hopefully we'll be able to get that up and running again. The, the so what's with the, the what's with the new diesel kick here? So on the, in this case, normally I uh, I hate to come on and be like, well, my husband likes this. And I, I don't care about it. But um, the diesel kick is his. Uh, so we've had for a long time a, uh, a 91, 92 uh, Cummins turbo diesel. Um, that that's, He's just been his daily driver. Mm-hmm. And I never talked about it because I didn't think anybody cared about it. But then all of a sudden, I like, oh, those trucks are cool and everybody wants to talk yeah. about them. Um so and well, I think a, uh, Tony helped kind of propagate that a little bit. Tony Angelo, maybe, yeah. yeah, with the with the crazy turbo diesel truck he built. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so and they they are great trucks, and this is a a five speed, and you know it's a you know it's a nice truck. So he's always liked that truck, but then he also likes the earlier body style, and he always wanted a crew cab, which I also like the earlier body style because I think one of the best vehicles we ever had was a 79 Dodge Dually crew cab. It's just like a comfortable truck to drive. Like you wouldn't think that a big Dually would be a fun truck to drive, but it really is. And we did a long road trip. It just soaks truck. everything up. I bet. Well, you usually know, the suspension's so stiff on those that it's a pain, you know? Yeah. yeah. But they're probably so worn at some point, but I was just <laughs> thinking, I was literally thinking as I'm hearing you rattle off all these things. If, if you guys had my project car, you would have finished it in like a week. And I'm like that, and that makes me sad. That, um, that's not true, though. That isn't true because I mean, look how long it took me to finish the Challenger, and it's still not really finished. And look yeah, but at it drives. How everything that I have is like leaking, and there's just always a new project. And yeah, um, well, it also helps, you know, when one of the people in the house has built more motors than they can count. Right. Yeah. You know, and right. you've built a number yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I have to say, like, again, I mean, I don't. I go out there and I get my hands dirty, but also I married a mechanic. Right. True. true <laughs> so true. if you like old cars and you have the option, definitely marry a mechanic. <laughs> like that will make your life a lot easier. I'm feeling like for most of our audience, that's less of an option because most of our audience is male. Although things are changing. Some of the, some... Uh, there was a great story on Jalopnik about a, a lady Ferrari, who's a Ferrari yeah. mechanic. That was a really... crazy story. Yeah. So. That was awesome. Just they're like. It's this little shop in Colorado, and they happen to be, like, the go-to people for Ferrari service. Yeah. For just vintage or all new stuff, too? It seemed like no, it was a range, too, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, that was a crazy story. That was a good story. I, uh, if it makes you feel better, I, I don't consider myself to be a good mechanic at all, but I was at a friend's house today, and her husband was trying to put together some patio furniture, and he was like, this is, the bolts on, on here are all wrong. They don't go into the nut. And I was like, oh, those are lock nuts. You just got to, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll go. And, you know, and he was like, oh, you're really good at this. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, nice. uh, it, it's always interesting when, like, you meet people that really have no idea. They're like, I can't even put together Ikea furniture. And it's just like, then you are a human that has failed at life. Right. But then they probably can do something exceptional that I can't do, like you, know, or you know, or like speak 20 languages or, you know, uh, program computers or something. I, 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 people have incredible talents and I, I don't want anybody to feel bad for not having those talents, but I also want everyone to know, like you can, you can you get them. Could. You can go get a little more of them if you want. Well, yeah. we, and we were talking about this before is like our buddy, Freddie, AKA Tavarish, his YouTube channel is blown up and he's just doing what, Freddie and I have preached for years is that 
Cars are just cars. Don't be intimidated by them. They're mechanical things that people put together. You can take them apart and put them back together, too. It's just a matter of patience. Yes. You know? I agree. Uh, I mean, that's why I got my truck originally, was to learn a little bit. And, and I, I feel much more comfortable under the hood or... I still hate getting underneath a car, but I said <laughs> just for like no, no, six, getting three, on your back underneath a car sucks. The only right, like at this point in my life, I'm like, oh, I want to lift so bad. Right, um, you don't like taking a nap like while the oil's draining because <laughs> I I think that some of the best sleep I've ever had in my life has just been like, sort of like napping. Well, see, my, like, for a minute or two while the and you have warm oils draining into the and you have hand. engines with massive oil capacity so it probably takes forever <laughs> it um, takes forever for my dread for the uh, vet's oil to drain out just because it's in every it's in all these little nooks and crannies and it sits there and drip for like 45 minutes that's frustrating <laughs> uh i am sliding over to the question portion of this podcast uh and we always start with patreon so we're going to go there first because they're better than everybody else dan mosqueda for the record, Chris made a comment about my VW reliability last episode. My 2016 GTI has had zero problems over two years except a blown fuse. Good. That's not his question, though. Alana, what is special about titanium lug nuts mentioned in your Dodge Demon owner's race piece? In quotes, don't go telling everyone about those lug nuts. They take some special treatment. The average person shouldn't use them, says Silva. Um, wow. A reader. Hot Rod <laughs> magazine oh, reader. I'm um, sure there's right, a number All right. So uh, if I can catch other people up, the... Um, I did an interview with a bunch of Dodge Demon owners who were at a race, and one of them was the first guy, the first customer who's taken a car into the nines. It was a Los Angeles uh, racer named Ron Silva, and he was sort of showing me around the car, and he'd done a couple of things to it, not a whole lot. Um, it was mostly stock, but he's like, "Oh, I got titanium lug nuts on it," and then he's like, "I don't tell people about those. They're, you know, they're not they're not for everyone." Um, some of that's just racer bluster. Um, the main thing is that if you go changing something like like lug nuts to a different material, um, you need to make sure that the tools that you have are not going to mar up that material. Mm -hmm. And you also need to understand how that material might be different when it comes to putting torque uh, yeah, on. Yeah, I was going to say torque specs. Gotta yeah, because right? um, different materials behave differently, and there is a reason why most uh, most lug nuts are and not And certain dissimilar metals also react very strangely to each other, to each yeah. other when you introduce oxidation as well. Um, yeah. Which can cause serious structural issues depending upon what kind of metal it is. And I think with the titanium, I mean, I, you know, um, you would probably want to double check this somewhere. I think some of it has to do with the fact that you do want to make, like, titanium can crack. Um, mm -hmm. like, so, you know, you want to make sure that you're not. You're not cracking, cracking them. You don't, nuts, yeah. you don't want to over-tighten them. And then I think um, you need a special uh, wrench to, to work uh, on them. Makes sense. I mean, it's a nice little weight savings, but it's uh, to me, I'm I like, think, I don't know if it's worth the hassle on anything other than a dedicated race car. Yeah. Sounds like I, a brag piece. Yeah. I, you know, and sometimes, and I think you're going to see this a lot on the Dodge Demons, is like, you don't really need that much. So, like, people are going to just, like, find little places yeah. to, to put their own spin on right. things. Yeah, and what else are you going to do to it, really? Yeah. I mean... It's like, I, I've been... So, I just... I, everybody listening to the podcast is going to grow up, but I just got into mountain biking. Um, <laughs> and so, I have, uh, you know, an aluminum bike, and you see all these carbon fiber bikes, and I, I'm, now I'm reading forums, I'm watching videos and all this stuff, and people are talking about some of their fears with carbon bikes, and one of the, like, the running jokes is... Uh, you tighten it until you hear the frame crack, and then you back off one, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I find very amusing. It's probably yeah. something similar with titanium lug nuts. That was yeah. a good question, though. That was very observant. 
reading of the story. I'm impressed. Yeah, uh, they're also absurdly expensive. Yeah, they're ridiculous. Are they? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, anything titanium will cost you like six times as much. Hmm. Uh, Ryan Kelly, here's a question for Alana. How did you like the all-track with a manual transmission? Did you have any issues off-road with the clutch slipping? I have an all-track with a manual transmission and almost wish I went with the DSG. I've had it slip a few times when the car is fully loaded trying to get up some loose terrain on an incline, the clutch smells like trash on a hot summer day. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I love all of your listeners and how much they pay attention. Yes. Um, so yes, I had oh, it's a special audience. I had the Golf All Track and I really, really liked it. It's uh, great. It was so fun, and the six speed was really fun. Um, I had just a little oh. tiny off road adventure, um, and I never had any sort of situation in it that was uh, that would have given me an answer to that. I didn't have any problem with the clutch slipping. Um, I went up and down a couple hills and then I backed up a hill for a photo and it seemed fine. I mean, you also had a very fresh car. I also had a very fresh car and you know, uh, yeah, that was that. So I, um, I don't doubt that you've had issues and I, I really think, Oh God, I'm going to, people are going to hate me for this. I think that off-roading in a manual is something that you do because, you think it's super fun and you're cool mm-hmm. and you want to show that you have the skills to off-road in a manual. But I think in general, um, much like drag racing, off-roading is a lot easier with an yes, automatic. So. I agree. It seems like introducing difficulty for the sake of simply bragging rights. Like the, the JL Wrangler I just had had the 8-speed and mm-hmm. it was a blast. I wasn't doing anything too crazy. Yeah. And I'd like to experience the manual to see what the manual is like, but I would imagine that the eight speed would have been more enjoyable just from a, um, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not a hardcore yeah, off-road no, guy. No panicking, installing it. I've driven the, um, the Wrangler with, um, with the manual and off-road and it was really fun and it was remarkably easy because it has like super great gearing for that and stuff. But I did definitely like stall it I twice, guess, but uh, <laughs> in theory, a CVT would be perfect in theory. Nobody yeah. builds one for that purpose that really works well. But I think that um Subaru. and I mean and I drive a manual car. So please don't send any letters to these guys <laughs> saying saying that I'm I'm against manuals because I think everybody should have one they are well, this definitely guy's more he fun. Wishes he went with the DSG. Yeah. So, and and but Ryan's right, I think. Because new new automatic transmissions are so good. The reason that the manual has the reputation for being superior at racing or you know, hills or off-road is because up until very recently, it was superior. Mm-hmm. Like, automatics weren't clever enough. So if you were trying to off-road, they would, you know, they'd make the wrong decisions for you. The yeah. same as, like, on a on a track, right? Like, yeah. they'd, they'd shift up when they should have shifted down, or they wouldn't stay in a gear long enough, or they wouldn't let you stay in a gear long enough, or their cooling wasn't good enough. And so when you had a manual, you had control over all of that. Um, now... The automatics are giving you a lot more control. They're they're thinking about that when they design them. They're having programs for it. Um, I think there's always going to be a place for somebody who's really good with a manual yeah. to be able to say, yeah. "I'm having more fun than anyone else here." Um, but if you if you aren't that person, that very right. small percentage of driver, then yeah, you might. You're gonna get it in a very small segment. Of course, you're gonna get it in you know Mustangs and Camaros and that kind of stuff. And you'll have it in, probably in perpetuity in Porsche, but even at the high end of the market, it's completely disappeared. Yes, you know, and uh, I think you'll get it basically in that that strict like 
forty to hundred and ten thousand dollar car range, with the exception of some of the Porsche stuff. And then only under that in Europe and in hot hatches. That's yeah, maybe. it. That said, if I bought the Golf All Track, even knowing that, even with this information that the clutch might not be up for the off roading experience, I would still buy the six speed because it was. Uh, I drove that right after driving a, an automatic Golf, and it was like way more fun. Hmm. I got. I've only driven the DSG and the All Track, so I got to try that. Marshall Cash asks, "What are your thoughts on Alex Roy's Human Driving Manifesto? If you've read it, and he says I wasn't, be, wasn't being sarcastic last week. I actually enjoy the SEMA episodes. Oh, okay. um, so I, I've read the Human Driving Manifesto. I think it's funny, but also interesting. Alex is paying a lot of attention. I know to Alex this world. well enough to know that anything he labels manifesto is something that you should be cautious of. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I haven't I haven't caught this piece yet. Can you? Yeah, it's I, it, I think it was for Drive. He wrote, or it actually has its own website. I think the Human Driving Associ- Human Driving Association or Human Driving Manifesto about these things to live by as we march towards this autonomous driving. And he, I think he did it just before that that Uber incident in uh, Arizona. So like yeah. the timing was kind of amazing on his part like, <laughs> yeah. uh, in a weird way. Um, Are you accusing him of setting up no, that? No, 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 no. It is a manifesto. It's pre- prescient, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's, 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 it's interesting, but you got to it, – it, it, at the same time, it reads almost like an NRA manifesto. So you got to – you got to balance your enthusiasm and you don't, you know, it's, so you just got to be careful. I'm, I'm off. I'm very interested in it. I, I, I really enjoy Alex and what he does. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious to see where it's going to go. Uh, it's easy. Enthusiast cars will have places to drive and everything else will be autom- automated. Someday. Yeah. yeah. Um, craft check just made some news though at, in a Waymo press conference. Cause he said, uh, they would not support a ban on, self-driving car or on uh human driving cars and his reply was because 9 11s <laughs> yeah yeah it's it, um, it'll, it'll you know it's like um you know and this is like leno's analogy from a long time back but he goes you know this stuff will be like people that have horses like I think it was lutz who said that was it yeah it was lutz um Okay, it was one of the old guys. They that probably I both to. said it. Right. Yeah. It's one of the old guys that I talked to at the Peterson. No, nah, no, nah, we both said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's sports cars, you know, uh, or not even sports cars, but just stuff we want to drive. It'd be like horses. They're not going to ban them outright, but they may they may not let you take them on certain roads. Yeah. And, you know, the best use is going to be on a track, but they're not going to ban them outright. Right. Yeah, I think, I mean, eventually I think that's the way to go. Or it will be what happens, not the way to go necessarily. Stephen Spahn, now we're moving to Twitter, at Spahn, S-P-A-H, three N's. Thoughts on the Kia Stinger? I'm seeing a surprisingly large number of them in my area. I mean, I, we've covered the Stinger a lot on this podcast. I am a big fan of it, and I hope people buy it because it's a very important car for Kia because if it doesn't do well, nothing will. Yeah, this is their best shot. Um, and I, and they're selling cars and their cars are doing well in all of the various testing that matters to new car buyers, like all the JD power stuff and initial quality. And, um, but there's still that perception of the brand and I know you hate the badge, but there's, if this doesn't change the perception of the brand is what I really mean. Nothing. will. Yeah. I think they have to do, I mean, and I've said this too many times now, but like they have to reapproach the branding of it. Like, that's the biggest thing. They build plenty of good cars now. There's not, like, Kia doesn't build shitty cars. Right. You know? They're not like a Mahindra where stuff is still kind of sketchy. 
you know. That Roxer or whatever it is looks awesome, though. Um, the reviews <laughs> for that came out. If they just did the branding over, they'd be in so much of a better space. Yeah. Um, Bozy at Hoonable asks, why are Californians so protective of In-N-Out Burger and why is their food not better? I am going to ban you, <laughs> Bozy. Um, I love In-N-Out. Mm-hmm. And I know that people come here and try it and, and it's so hyped so that they don't love it. People talk shit about the fries and I get it because there are better fry options out there. But I also like In-N-Out fries because they're fresh. And, and yeah, I, they're really good if you put them into the burger. Uh, I haven't done that one, but I get I do animal style on my fries. Um, and it's it's a good company in that they pay their employees really well. And mm-hmm. they drag race. And they drag race. Uh, she, the, she's a major car owner, right? The mm-hmm. In-N-Out heiress. Um, she, I mean, not even heiress. She just it's, and it's not just show, California. I like I know people that when they come here, they make it a they make it a point that they have to go here. While well, they land and there's the one right by LAX. But there are people who try it for the first time and they 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 grew up on uh, other regional stuff and 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 yeah, I think the fries from Five Guys are better. Um, but I think the burgers at In and Out wax. The, the Five Guys Burgers, um, but I don't know. I don't know why we're so protective of it. I can't answer that. Um, just because it, maybe it's just such a homegrown brand. I'll tell you what, it's uh, it is enough of a thing that every time Harris comes to town, he makes Matt take him to like In and Out first thing. So, so I'm I'm like the wrong person for this because I like In and Out fine. But I just don't understand people getting so excited <laughs> about fast food in general. Like, no, I'm with you on that. It's... Like, I have other friends where it's like, oh, my God, like, oh, did you hear, like, a, you know, like, Steak Shack or whatever. Right. Steak Shack is coming, I, I and I can't believe it. One. And I'm just like, uh, okay. It's... So I don't really eat fast food. Um, I used to years ago. I don't really eat it anymore. But In-N-Out is still, it just, it feels like, it feels like it exists to me. And I know it's fast food, but it exists in a place between fast food and a better quality product because yeah. of like the quality. I, it's of a nice using. comfort. It's a nice comfort food. You know, like I'm not against it. I will happily eat an in and out burger, but I, and it, but I also will not defend it to someone who's like, I didn't like it. I'll be like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's okay. It's, and I, and I feel fine telling them that they're wrong. Um, <laughs> Team Radar Love at Midnight Drift has a great question. It's 1989. You're driving off the lot in your brand new Ford Probe GT. You're heading to cruise the strip to meet your steady girl at the movies to watch Back to the Future 2. As you slip your shades on, you pull out a cassette. You pull out a, out a cassette for a celebration jam. What tape do you rock? 1989. Well, of course, it's Loverboy. Everybody's working for the weekend. <laughs> but that's like early Metallica, right? Yeah. Um, early Guns N' Roses. No, you know what early I Early Guns N' Roses, for sure. yeah, and Metallica. Is it Ride the Lightning? Is that probably what? Ride the Lightning? I, I think this was the year, but I believe Faith No More's The Real Thing came out in eighty. Really? It was either eighty nine or ninety one. I can't remember which. I feel like it's ninety one. Uh, I can't remember which. But one. I know it, I can't is rock Pearl Jam yet. Is, uh, is Slippery When Wet eighty nine? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good. See, this is why we need like a, a podcast like, intern to like type shit. It's up. like I wonder if we only had devices that could get onto a. I'm well. I'm holding one right now to read the yeah, Twitter but questions. Then, you know, we'll get into it, and then you know, right. That's the end of the podcast. Uh, but my We're choice just, like, would be like early, early Metallica, early um, Guns N' Roses, possibly Van Halen. Because if I was old enough to drive, then I'd be, I'd be rocking Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's looking. June twentieth, nineteen eighty nine. The real thing. 
Oh, that ooh, is it. That is 100% impressive. 100% for me. Wow. Okay, there you go. There you go. Um, seeing if there's more Twitter questions as I scroll up. I don't know. God, I'm getting old. No, there aren't. So I'm jumping over to the Facebook questions. Uh, we're all getting old. Well, I mean, nobody knows that you're just a really, really enthusiastic music nerd at five years old. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Derek Kuhn, thoughts on Motor Trend's move away from YouTube? Is this a big slap to the face of YouTube itself? YouTube, it's not a slap to the face not, of YouTube. It's, I think it's actually a smart move on their part personally because they need to get a better um, model, uh, revenue model, and YouTube does not provide that. And you're owned by a company that is used to putting stuff out on television. They're like, well, maybe we can figure this out in a different way, personally. YouTube kind of sucks right now, unfortunately. Uh, YouTube sucks for everybody right now, unless you're, like, a single cam, like, doing unboxings and shit like that. Right. Yeah. Um, Nail art or something. Yeah, it's just, it's... All like, the random toy videos I watch, mm-hmm. it's crazy. And they have so many millions of views that would make the average car video be, like, what, like blown yeah, yeah. away. It's it is insane. It's the same thing with like video game stuff too. It's like the view counts. You're like, oh, this is some schlub like that's just talking about a game, and it's like three hundred thousand views. Oh no no no! The videos, the toy videos I'm talking about, it's like twenty five million views. Yeah. Um, there's one nursery rhyme video that I know it has like one and a half billion views, and it's like, I don't even know if they can monetize it because it's children's nursery rhymes that they didn't come up with uh public domain they probably are maybe yeah and it's that that real shitty animation that it doesn't matter the kid's just like no i want to hear the song like leave me alone um so i don't know i i I think motor trends move away from youtube is fine personally Um, i i think i think it's it's interesting i think it's a necessity probably from a business standpoint for them right now but i and i can't remember if we talked about this last week or not but i question like how are you going to onboard and bring on kids that are like, you know, 12 or 13 now that are not going to be aware of this stuff without having it going into an outlet like YouTube? I think you just got to like continue to hit other forms of social media where you provide snippets and tastes and stuff like that to try to grab them on. And if the content is good enough, then hopefully it kids picks up from there. Kids live and breathe YouTube, though. That's the thing. Yeah, but the kids also live and breathe Instagram and all that other shit, too. Yeah. I mean, everything changes. It's, yeah. You know, they like kids live and breathe YouTube right now because there's a lot of really great free stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But if there isn't a lot of really great free stuff on YouTube, then maybe the... You know, I mean, it's not the YouTube yeah. itself. It's oh, it's not that. I, it's not even that YouTube is a special kind of magic or anything. It's just that like it's a free entertainment medium that they can get whatever they want whenever they want, and it's a generate. You know, it's like everybody younger than us is totally used to. That's how they get everything, yeah. and yeah. it's it's kind of like, well, how do you expect to attract new fans? Yeah, I I think it's unfortunate. I don't think anybody. I mean, this, it's not like Motor Trend is the first. You know, group. I think we're, you're going to see this happening a lot, where people are like, and not people. That's the thing is like, where companies right. are are like, we cannot continue to do this, yeah, unless something changes. And so, hopefully, somebody will figure out a way to do it. I I think from a person point of view, from a host point of view, of course, everybody's sorry to like nobody's doing. Nobody's doing anything as a slap in the face, I think. Right, Like, right, nobody right. has any desire to be in a duel. Nobody wants to punish their viewers. If anything, like, 
you know, it's I amazing think though it's really that people hard for can't hosts. that uh, that you know in the comments. I know you shouldn't read the comments, but it's amazing that people will take it personally. Um, I, find, I always find that fascinating. How dare terrible. you not give us this free stuff? It's you know, it's such a fine line between love and hate. Um, yes. but uh, you know, I try not to take it personally. Um, you know, I have a lot of there are a lot of writers that I like who've started like tiny letter type. Um, subscription newsletters, and I can't subscribe to all of them. Right. But I'm not angry at them for doing it, and I'm happy when I can get the the free content well, and the yeah. ones that I really like. I, mean, I can subscribe targeted, to regular targeted click through ads and everything are still workable given enough traffic. That is still a viable business model. It's just the YouTube thing. YouTube just is almost impossible to make decent money on. Yeah, that's uh, Chris and I were talking before the show. I, I thought it would be interesting experiment because I mean it's not like I make a lot of money from my YouTube channel at all. Like it just goes into a Hooniverse bank account and it helps like. I, I keep, watched one of your videos. This I morning. know. Thank you. Uh, keeps <laughs> Hooniverse rolling. Um, but I was thinking if I could, you know, and maybe people like this is what Drive did. And it didn't work for them, but just go to take all the videos to Vimeo where the they, the quality is actually better because they don't compress. Mm -hmm. Like so, the videos are prettier on Vimeo, um, and you can run just a subscription service. Just be like it's a dollar per video. It's like it's a dollar per video, or if you can make it fifty cents per video, or a dollar per month, or something like that, and just be like you know what here, and it would if you. I have 36,000 subscribers on YouTube right now, which isn't a lot. Um, the only problem with making that move is that the, a large percentage of, of my video views don't come from the subscribers, which right. is like, okay. What, that's probably why all these vloggers like, you got to smash that like or, or the notification button mm -hmm. and all that crap, um, which I can't bring myself to do. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. I, um, you know, I'm... I've been really lucky because the making money out of this part has been somebody else's problem for the entire time that I've had the job. In fact, going freelance is basically the closest that I've come to being like, oh, like creation equals money. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, definitely an adventure. Blake Swan, GMC AT4 uh, revealed. He wrote reviled, but he meant revealed. At what point do Does we, he, I, though? I know. At what point do we say a truck is too tall? The drivers usually average around 5'7". I would like to know where that stat comes from. Um, so its height is clearly not for convenience. At what point should someone step in to limit bra truck height size to ha save the world from bro dozers? Um, I don't have a good answer here for you because everybody's making bigger equals better. So uh, that's that's how the American car industry has always been. Uh, hence, why a Honda Civic now is a big car. Well, I mean, maybe then just wait for the next round of of midsize. And also, isn't it just about like, like, um, what's that game where you put your hand on top of the other person's hand and then you pull your hand back out to put like? I don't know that it has a name, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking <laughs> yes, about. I mean, yeah. I like I think. Um, everybody wants these really tall vehicles. Yes. And so if, since all of the like SUVs and family vehicles are now these big tall vehicles, then the truck the people truck are like, we're, going, we're not above everybody. So it's right. a pulling dick measuring out. contest is really what it amounts to with a lot of people. Um, I'm going to have a bigger one. <laughs> 
I got nothing. <laughs> uh, Derek Gibbs, a 2004 Forrester XT for the price of shipping and some beer is a deal that I can't pass up, right? It's coming from the original owner, a school teacher in Vermont. I've driven it, and yes, it has rust and some other mechanical issues, but nothing I can't fix. I learned to drive in a turbo Baja bug, so I feel like this car could let me relive some of that fun with a modern, a more modern twist. It's a no-brainer, right? I mean, shipping and some beer, that's a yeah, pretty good deal it. for a car. Well, I mean, it depends yeah. on wait, – wait, shipping from where to where? I mean, he might Vermont. be in, like, Italy or something. Uh, no, I, it, Derek lives in California. Oh, yeah, do it. What's it cost to ship a car like that? I mean, you country? do open trailer. It's not that bad. 15 to 3 grand, probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, could, you could probably get it done for 1500 I think, for a car like this. Like, if it runs and drives, too, so the guy can get it on and off the truck. And mm-hmm. If would, you're not in a fuss about when it comes, I think right. you can get them done pretty cheaply because it's sort of just, like, when they... Yeah, I've I've never really looked into it. I mean, I've thought about buying cars across country a few times, but I'm like, hey, I'll just go out and fly out and pick it up. Well, that's the fun way to do it, too. Yeah. Uh, Russell Turnbull, Autoblog reported in January that the average new car price is $36,270. Have new cars become out of reach for the regular middle class, or how long until they become that way? Uh, I mean, kind of, yeah. Um, there's a lot of this country that... Definitely doesn't buy a new car. Uh, the most overleveraged part of the economy right now is car car loans. They're all, a, a good an inordinate number of car loans are subprime, and that's going to be a big bubble that pops probably later this year. Yeah, um, it's going to be a shit show. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like when you see the gas station attendant like just leased a brand new C class, you're like, hmm, yeah, maybe this isn't a good idea. Well, also my. It's so hard to criticize a new vehicle because they're all pretty good. I mean, you can still find things, but yeah. every every vehicle I've reviewed recently, with the exception of luxury cars, where you're like, yeah, okay, it's it's a Range Rover, I get it. Um, has my complaint is this, this is too expensive? Yeah, I, and I also feel like you know that average is probably a little thrown off. I think like you can totally get into a normal family sedan or crossover for about thirty thirty two k. Which is dual, which is doable. Still, by like most once people. you cross thirty thousand dollars, though, it feels like a, a hefty. But I think there's thing. a big jump there. I think there's a lot of stuff that's in that thirty to forty range, but then there's kind of a lot that doesn't really, you know, that from forty five until like I'd say sixty five or seventy, it's kind of a no man's zone. So it just ramps up very quickly thereafter. Maybe. David Bodenstein, just got out of 24 hours with a 4C. Absolutely loved the car, and yes, it had its quirks, like the reverse button under the passenger seat. What I loved most was the reaction it got. I have rented one or two nice sports cars, Audi S3, Porsches, and no one could give less of a fuck about those. My question is, what's your opinion on the 4C and Alpha as a whole? I've only driven it once briefly, and it was fine. It doesn't seem like a good daily vehicle, because it's one of the harshest vehicles I've ever driven, Mm -hmm. because that carbon tub and all that stuff. And then with Alpha... Good luck. I've only driven, I drove it like very briefly and it was really fun. It felt, um, felt a little bit like I was driving a piglet. Like it was just like, yeah. like a little greasy piglet, like snorting <laughs> yeah. and kicking. And, um, um, funny enough, that's probably going to be the single most reliable modern alpha ever. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> because it's not using a bespoke alpha motor. Right. It's using just a regular Chrysler you know, or, you know, just turbo 1.9 liter or whatever the hell it is. So oh, is it an Opel GT motor? No, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. 
You give me a look for a second like you were like, oh, God, is it? <laughs> it actually funny. might only be like a 1.5 or a 1.6. Uh, yeah, it was just, it's crazy how harsh it is because it's just like carbon fiber. And... I kind of like it for that, though. It's like they went and they're like, we're going to go a little crazy on this one. And then they did. I think that car is going to be a really, really valuable car at some point. I think but that's going to be the modern Dino. Commuting on like the 405 in it would be ridiculous. Oh, no. Yeah, that's that's a car you only take to the track of the canyons. Kale, that one guy. That's what the name says on Facebook. I need a family car. Two kids under six looking for the price range of 45 to 50, so better than average. Yeah. I'm torn between the Stinger or Charger Scat Pack. Do you think they have enough space for us, or am I doomed to have a minivan or SUV? Uh, dude, get the scat Charger Scat Pack? Hell yeah. That's a really good car. From a practicality standpoint, though, that Stinger is pretty hard to beat. There's more space in the backseat of the Charger. There's more trunk space in the Hatch, stand. that's the thing. Yeah, but the, the headroom comes down. Down. Like so, that back yeah, but they're seat, kids, headroom. so they're tiny. Yeah, yeah. but you, could, but they're hard. I mean, I, I don't even have kids, but I've put them into car seats before. It's, it's hard because you, you can't just jam them in there, like ramming their heads against stuff. Like there needs to be enough space for you well, to kind of like lift, like up and out. Two kids under six. Under six, so that's car seat territory. Yeah, that's but they're tough. old enough at that point to get themselves in and out of their seats. Yeah, they can. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the Stinger is awesome. The Charger Scat Pack is cooler I, I just i just go stinger on that front just because it's like the practicality of having a hatch i'd love that at this okay, point that's fair i i gotta throw in my weight on the i know you're no car no car on your side <laughs> i for love the, most the part. pack uh ronnie tootin jr what is a good off oh i'm not gonna know this question this is a chris question What's what that? is a good offset for a deep dish rim but nothing too wild it would go in a 96 240 sx just don't like the flush look that much LOL, thanks. I don't have no all idea. You. That's an all you. offset on a 240? For a deep dish rim. Oh, Jesus. I don't know the offset. I don't really <laughs> know what the spindle setup on those cars is like or anything. Uh, Hit up Chris on Twitter and he can answer it better. <laughs> also, yeah. I think you can get um, you can get like a wheel measuring tool from the mm-hmm. auto parts store, and that is probably the best way to um, go about doing it properly. A lot of the manufacturers also have little um, paper measurement tools you can print out. And you just then just take you cut them out with a pair of scissors, and it'll actually help you measure the offset and everything without needing the uh, without oh, needing a special cool. tool. Look huh. at that! Look at that information. There you go. Uh, Greg Scandaberry, one of the biggest challenges registering a kit car in many states is dancing around emissions. Do you hope to see a wave of EV kit cars when secondhand electric drive units and power packs become dime a dozen? Yeah, sure. They're already kind of happening. Yeah. There was a great video that was online earlier today of a sand rail that they had converted over to a Tesla drivetrain. And it was stupid fast. Somebody just did a, a, a like a seventies or eighties Honda Civic with a Tesla I saw bits, that, yeah. yeah. And it's like roast smoking the tires. It, they're surprisingly readily available. These electric drivetrains. A lot of the other one that people like to use a lot are the Leaf drivetrains. Yes, because those are very easy to come by, and the batteries are fantastic. I'm so, I, I also think uh, like those Fiat five hundred E's is probably a good place to look. Mm-hmm. Um, Good question here from a friend of the show, Jason Connor. With Radwood off to such a blazing start, what is your pick for a sub fifty thousand dollar car to bring to the event? Very tough question, because we're spanning two decades. And you can get a you can get a lot of eighties and nineties cars for under fifty grand. Right, and you don't now you don't want to bring something that's already. I still am blown away by that SEC with the going doors, the bends. That was so. So amazing. I've been very disappointed. I don't want to say I'm disappointed by Radwood, but I've been disappointed by the domestic offerings at Radwood. So yes. I would, I think that there's a lot of space there. I, I, I haven't seen any sort of uh, 
like really good eighties Corvette stuff. And I also haven't seen that much yeah. good well, kind um, of an oxymoron. Good like eighties customizing. Yes. You know, which I think would be really awesome to see. Like not just I've seen some really nice stock cars from the eighties and nineties, but I haven't seen a lot of kind of eighties style customizing either of newer cars or of cars that were maybe a little I, bit earlier. I yes. really want to go a full pro touring T-Type. Um, just take, you know, Buick T-Type. Not a Grand National because, like, just leave it alone. But if you're going to go full mod, like, just go, that's cheaper. Like, I'd love to do, like, IRS and all that stuff on it, too, just to have, like, a really unique setup. Well, I would have lo- I would love to see, like, a pro street-style classic Camaro or something, you know, with the yep. big stupid meats in the back and the... Stink bug stance and the center lines and like the like swirl. Um, you know, I would like I would like um, graphics. I would like to bring the concept car from the movie The Wraith, but that <laughs> okay. can't be had for fifty thousand dollars probably. Okay. Um, uh, but then also I would also like to bring um, a uh, um, uh, Fiero kit car, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or even just a really nicely done over Fiero. Like imagine if somebody went and like. Did like a singer type treatment to a Fiero. I don't or like the Fieros, and I had a, a really close friend, still a friend, still a very good friend, um, who loved Fieros, um, and I just they never did it for me. They're a surprisingly decent chassis. They're the butt yeah. of everybody's joke, but they're actually surprisingly good. Most '90s American cars, '80s '90s American cars, really don't do it for me, unfortunately. Um, yeah. With the with a few exceptions, but. Uh, but a good place to see them and explore them should be Radwood. Yeah, I've, uh, uh, they've, 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 I've been won over in a way that I did not think would happen. Uh, yes. You could do it for that kind of money, too. You could do a C4 CR1. Yeah, you could. Yeah. You definitely could. Um, Russell Gorley, any other podcast, automotive or not, that you recommend? I always say the dollop. I listen to it to and from the, the drive to this podcast mm-hmm. because it's so funny. Um, go listen to our friends at Smoke Tire. <laughs> go listen to Camden Tubbed. Go listen to all the shout, the Hooniverse Shout Engine ones. Yeah. If you're a motorsports person, Eric Rude does a really good motorsports podcast that I can't remember the name DFL. of. DFL. Um, what do I listen to? Dead uh, fucking I best. listen to a lot of comedy stuff. Like, I've had my fill of car stuff. Uh, so I listen to a lot of comedy stuff. The Dana Gould Hour is one of my favorites. Like, people that know him know him. He's a serious comedy geek guy. Really good. Uh, how did this get made? With Jason Mansukis and Paul Shear is that one's really, supposed to be good? I should start it's doing really that. Really funny. Um, That's about bad movies, right? Yeah, they basically just rehash, you know, shitty movies. Right. Uh, it's that's really funny. Um, yeah, this, there's so many. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I another vote for the dollop. Um, last question: Niles Rogers, any more mods for the 280? I just got it back. It's driving fine um at idle it seems like oil pressure is lower than i remember at idle but i was reading online that that the figure it's at is fine but it's also a little bit of a vibration at idle um and i am hoping it's just like an engine mount thing which it could be but it's sh- that should be a otherwise fairly silky car it um, could also just be the gauge is a little off in that thing too. no the gauge those gauges have always worked fine um Oddly enough, and then there's a no- there's some noise I don't like while I'm driving, just like a general whine that goes up and down with speed. And I honestly think it could be speedo cable related. Mm. Um, could also be electric, dude. Yeah, could be. Um, but the audio system is about to go into it, which is the most important thing for any Thanks car. Thanks to, <laughs> to our friends at Clarion Audio. Jubal. Yes, we're, we're scheduling that very soon. Uh, but no mods, however. Uh, um, I know of 
something I could do to this car for not, for relatively speaking, not a lot of money. And I, I don't want to reveal it because if I do it, I want it to be a secret and I'll tell it to you guys after. Yeah. Um, but it would be, <laughs> it would be, it would be a lot of fun, but it'd be more money than I would initially want to spend. You know what would be really good in that car is like, and Clarion may do it, but like the full Dynamat, the whole thing. Yeah, but if I was going to do that, I would also, I would, I've thought about that, um, yeah. but that's lo- so low on the list of like other things, like mechanical things that I want to get. There's a, like a little bit of an oil leak, yeah. um, which you just kind of accept. Welcome <laughs> the, to my world. Right, exactly. When you were talking about it, I was like, uh, I've become a complete snob on this front. Really good headlights. Um, I love my headlights because I already swapped in full LED headlights oh, that are okay. the seven inch rounds. But uh, the other thing I want to do is I want to get it painted because the the lower portions of the two driver side doors are faded compared to the rest of the car. It's this gorgeous deep blue, and those doors bug the shit out of me. And it's single stage paint, and I want to get it painted in the um, exact color it is, just repainted, mm-hmm. clear up minor dents. And just get the finish of the exterior, and I'm, I kind of want to clear coat it too, just to make yeah, my life you absolutely easier. should if you're going to that trouble, right? But I mean, have you ever done a paint job? Oh no, I'm not going to do it. No, I know, <laughs> but I mean, just paid for it or haven't done it on a car. No, this would be expensive. Oh as fuck. yeah, dude, right. it cost me six and a half thousand dollars to get my vet painted. Right, I believe it. Um, and that wasn't even the full car. That's terrible. Um, the car cost three thousand uh, dollars. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, that's where the, the car sits right now. Um, but there's nothing other – there are no other major plans for it yet, but there's an idea I'm kicking around. And if it happens, obviously I'll tell everybody, but it would be, it'd be a very big if. So I would need to find money. I would need to find money. Um, <laughs> so we'll we'll deal with that in a later podcast. Alana, thank you so much for coming oh on. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Where, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Where can everybody find you online right now if you want them to? Um Challenge her on Instagram and on Twitter. I don't really post that much on Twitter except to talk about my wardrobe malfunctions. But I am dog pretty, pics <laughs> on Instagram. I'm pretty active on Instagram, so that's probably the best place. Um, Chris, tell everybody about Shout Engine. As usual, if you guys want to do a podcast, go over to Shout Engine. We'll hook you up for free. Um, and uh, yeah, the work on that continues. Uh, and then, of course, the other thing is, is Guardian Circle is still going, and we're going very, very well. The cryptocurrency sale on that is going. Although if you're American, you can't participate. But uh, that is another thing we have going. And we're actually going to India next month on that, too. Uh, the podcast isn't. Uh, the podcast is not. <laughs> That'd be fun, though. Uh, it would be fun. Might be going to Madrid now as well. The dollop is going to Thailand because they're a much bigger podcast than us. Oh, okay. I think they're like one of the biggest. We I- could do the podcast from a Thai restaurant. <laughs> we could. <laughs> though we are talking about going back to another brewery soon, though. So there's that, too. Um Follow me on Twitter at Hooniverse Jeff. No, sorry. On Twitter, I should have matched my accounts and I didn't because I'm an idiot. On Twitter at Jake Lucker. On, Hooniver- on Instagram at Hooniverse Jeff. Go to our YouTube channel. Go to Hooniverse.com to read something. Um, and uh, yeah, do all that fun stuff. All of it. Do it. All yep. of it. The things. All of the things. Do all the things. Bye. Okay. <laughs>